Well, I'm back with a very special guest. We got round two with Sean Boyle, great pitcher in the Yankees farm system. He ended up at AAA last year after spending a lot of time with the Patriots. Uh, so, Sean, thank you so much again for coming back on. And how's your offseason going? Well, thanks, Julian. And uh, so far, so good. No complaints here. Yeah, so I know we were talking before the show started about the Patriots championship. So I know that you weren't there for it, obviously. But how exciting was it to see them win, and especially considering you led them in a lot of major pitching categories still? Um, it's definitely a ton of fun. Like it was kind of like a double-edged sword, uh, you know, getting promoted. A bunch of guys were up from double A in Scranton. So we were all fired up for Somerset at the same time we were trying to make our own push, but it was like, you know, things were getting bleak and we were like, you know, we really want to make playoffs ourselves, but we just couldn't stop thinking about double A. And, you know, it was just a lot of fun to see them pull it off, you know, from a distance. So speaking with double A, what were some things you took there that helped you in the triple A level? And could you speak to how um, Dan Fiorito rallied the team? Because I really had a lot of good interactions with him. I could tell the team really enjoyed having him around. Yeah. Um, playing with playing for feel and, you know, the, the way that he goes about his business, like, you know, something I took from my college coach um, is he's the same all the time. You know, you know what you're going to get. Um, you don't have to worry about highs and lows, you know, and I think that really helps kind of set the tone and keep everybody plugging away towards the, you know, towards that championship mindset kind of thing. Um, you know, cause again, you can, if you can get stuck in lows, you get stuck in highs. And then, you know, when things start changing up, like it's, it makes it really difficult. So like, you know, I thought he did a really good job of just, you know, keeping it loose, staying the same and. You know, we all had a ton of fun playing for him. You know, that whole group was incredible. So, you know, it, it was easy going group. We wanted to win. Yeah, I mean, he did such a great job. You talk about managing all the different talent, like, that comes in and out. And he just kept it the same no matter who was in and out of there. You had a great year with Somerset. Now, a big question I'll ask is, um, in the beginning, you definitely struggled a little bit. You weren't, oh, yeah. you weren't looking like your old self, like the pitcher I was expecting. But – you really turned it around quickly and then you really started rolling and you started leading in a lot of categories, like I mentioned. So what kinds of clicks for you to make your switch and get it be more effective down the stretch and the rest of the year and everything? Yeah. Well, as you said, it definitely didn't start uh, the way I wanted it to, you know, uh, I came into the year with high expectations, you know, off of a good year, really good year for my, you know, I was very happy with it in 21. So I wanted to go ahead and, you know, try to make it, better and right out of the gate you know kind of get smacked around next thing you know it's late may or june whatever it was and i was looking at almost a seven era and i was just like oh boy <laughs> so i mean at that point it's just you know you can't worry about those kinds of things all you can do is you know try to simplify the game and just take it pitch by pitch that's kind of a generic you know response but that's really where my mind was at i was like i need to i need to focus just don't worry about, you know, a seven inning stat line or, you know, the next 25 innings. Like I need to be right here, you know, and just don't worry about the numbers. Just go out there and win, you know, go, try like, you know, try my best to win. So um, that kind of took pressure off myself. You know, I think I put a little pressure on myself early in the year to try to make it a better year when all I really should have done was focused on, you know, doing the things that got me success the year prior and try to build off of that. So, 
Right. Well, I did speak to your father a lot in the stands one day when you were starting. We had a long conversation and we were talking about a few different things. And some of the stuff you said resonates with me because he told me you were trying to get more strikeouts in the beginning because trying to like get your K numbers up a little bit. And maybe you were sacrificing some location or something while doing that. And then he said that the adjustment you made was to start getting back to like what you do best, basically. And then he talked about winning too, like how people don't look at wins anymore and all that. But you were second in the minors and wins. I know you led the Patriots too with 13 wins, uh, 13 on the year, but you did lead them, I think, with like eight maybe for them somewhere in that category. But um, I just thought that was interesting. We brought that up, and I feel like you definitely kind of agree with that in a sense. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, being in the minor leagues, you know, it's all about development, being able to progress through, you know, more difficult levels, um, you know, and prove that you can do that on a consistent basis, um, you know, and again, you need to put your practice to work. You know what I mean? Like some guys go out in the games and it's like, Hey, you have to work on this pitch. You have to throw it. And at that point, you know, people get caught up and they're like, well, I really want to do my best and try to win the game. But at the same time, I need to develop so that I could further my career. So, um, you know, trying to blend both of those can be tricky, but you know, Another thing I learned in college was training versus trusting. And, like, definitely uh, when you're out of the game, and that was super easy being in a starter's role this year, I could really focus, you know, the five days before I start. And then when it was a start day, you know, really just flipping the switch and saying, it's time to go out there and find a way to win. So. Well, another interesting thing you talk about flipping to the starter role and the reliever role. I know that you were actually drafted as a reliever and switched to a starter. And I know a lot of times it's the vice versa thing. Like it normally doesn't get switched the way you switch. A lot of times I'll turn stars into relievers. So I think that's noteworthy as well. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I, uh, that was mentioned by our pitching coordinator, Sam, uh, in 21. He's like, you know, how do you feel about starting? And, you know, I'm sure like pretty much any uh, pitcher, you know, in professional baseball, you know, in the younger years, they were starters, you know, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much how it goes. You know, in high school, you go out and you pitch the full seven innings or whatever it was, you know, um, and then things get chopped up and you get more, you know, divided into roles. But uh, no, that was really cool having him, you know, approach me about that and be like, hey, how do you feel about being a starter? And, you know, of course I said yes, because, you know, that's the life you get, you get four or five days in the minor leagues to, you know, prepare for a start, you know, and this year it was pretty much every sixth day you would start. So, I mean, that was great for a routine and um, definitely take a lot of pride in, you know, like, you know, being the guy that's, you know, throwing the first punch of the night kind of deal. Like, you know, that's pretty cool. Gets you fired up. And something else that's really cool with that is you basically doubled your innings too. And you were third, I think in minor league baseball in 155 innings. And I think you may have led the organization as well. So that's really impressive how you were able to stay durable. I know you had a bunch of quality starts. Everyone was calling you Mr. Quality Star at a certain point in time uh, once you got on a hot stretch in the year. But um, And your ERA of 3-7 I think is really impressive after that rough start. It really shows how well you finished the season. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, that was, that was one of those things where I had to just stop worrying about the numbers. You know, like early in the year, um, I had a couple seven-run innings. I think at one point in – either May or June, I had like 12 or 15 innings and I let up, you know, close to 30 runs or something nuts. Like it was just, it was just days where you left, you know, and you didn't know what the answer was. Um, 
kind of got a little lost here. My bad. Um, yeah. So, I mean, all you got to do is just try to watch those things, not focus on them, you know, and just turn it around. So how would the cast of Diego help you? Because I know a lot of people rave about him down in Somerset and that pitching staff in Somerset was probably one of the best in minor league baseball. No matter who took the ball, you felt good that they were going to give you a good start. And they put the team in great position to win with the great offense that they had too. Yeah, for sure. Costa's the best. I mean, when it comes to in-game scenarios, like, you know, I found myself moving down in the dugout to stand next to him just to kind of hear what he's thinking, you know, and he's kind of dissecting what our guy is doing while he's on the mound or what their guy was even doing, you know, and it really helped me start thinking the game. And, um, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to overthink things. Like for example, you know, I'll throw a good slider or a slider down in the dirt and the guy swings first pitch and, you know, okay, strike one, you get the ball back. Then my, I might think, Hmm, well, he swung at that. So now let me try and sneak a fastball, you know, in on his hands to set up the next slider. Well, he swung at a pitch that was in the dirt because uh, he probably wasn't looking for that pitch or, you know, you know what I mean? Like it was something that caught him off guard. So just basically learning not to double guess myself, like keep the game pretty simple. You know, you could double up on pitches that way or so that, that was like one of the biggest things that I took and ran with uh, from Casa. Yeah, um, that's a good point. And for those that don't know, you're really more of a pitcher. You're a throwback guy. You're not gonna write the way you're not gonna light up the radar gun, but you you pitch these sequences like the stuff you're talking about. You're looking for your location, how your pitches are gonna break, how to get weak contact and get guys out of location. And it's impressive because everyone's looking at the radar gun stuff. So I feel like you get overlooked sometimes, but you really know how to pitch and, and the post of other people are just throwing a hundred and it's going right down the middle and it's flat. Yeah, I mean you know, I appreciate that. Like that, that's part of it, knowing what your game is, right? You know, and um, you know, know what you're doing, what know what you do well, and continue to do that and build off it. So, you know, and I'm definitely gonna. That's that's why I'm playing baseball right now, and you know, part of my goals, you know, my my training this off season is, you know, let's see if we can bump up that, you know, velo and and put those two things together. So, I mean. You know, there's always room to improve, right? But the rule five in the process of that, yeah. which is going to be tough and everything. So I know you've had some guys that have gone through it probably in previous years. So like, I know the deadline's coming up. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And like, what are you trying to do to see like what ends up, what ends up happening? I guess. And if you had a message for why the Yankees should keep you, what would it be? Huh. Well, I definitely. I mean, yeah, I'm excited for these deadlines coming up because these kinds of things provide opportunities to players and. You know, those kinds of opportunities are the things we dream about. So, I mean, you know, definitely think about it in that regard. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I'm excited because, yeah, there's a chance to, you know, be protected by the Yankees, um, you know, and, and, you know, that would be great because I'd like, you know, I think that if that was the case, you know, maybe get a shot to make a debut, you know, this next season. And then if I was, you know, not protected in Rule 5, then, you know, that would be an opportunity to make a, a major league team out of spring training. So, I mean, you, know, you can't go wrong in either scenario, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm trying not to think about it. Like I'm just, uh, I mean, whatever happens, it's business as usual. You know I mean? Like just trying to, you know, stick to my plan for this off season, um, enjoy being home and get ready for, you know, whatever next season may look like, you know what I mean? So 
I think that was a perfect answer. And we saw a good example of where going to other organizations can provide opportunities. Like Hayden and Ken, when they got dealt, they ended up making it to the majors. And that wouldn't have happened with the Yankees, probably. So I'll ask you, what was your reaction when they got traded? And how happy are you to see them make their debuts this last season? Oh, no, it's it's unbelievable. Like, you, know, you get back from a road trip or something, and you, you know, early in the morning, and you turn on ESPN, and it's a replay of Hayden out there throwing five, six innings shut out, you know, and getting to watch Ken, you know, do his thing, you know, while we're in the locker room. It's like, you know, it's just nuts. These are the guys that, you know, you were coming up through the organization with, and now they're in different different uniforms and they're in the big leagues. So, I mean, it's super exciting to, you know, see that all happen. And um, yes, that trade deadline was nuts. I mean, we were all just kind of glued to our phones, just like, what's happening? What is going on? So it's cool to have like somewhat front seat to that kind of thing. Yeah, I know it's got to be such a weird time because you have guys going in and out. So many changes happen. And the minor leagues are the big areas of trade because you end up giving up a few minors to like one major guy sometimes. Yep. So I know whatever happens with you, you're going to be successful. And I'm looking forward. Hopefully the Yankees keep you. But if not, you still got a big support over here. And I look forward to seeing where the next journey takes you. I think it's a deadline as well, like 11 days now, maybe. Uh, I think it's the 14th. So it's I think we're inside that. Yeah, yeah, wow. Maybe they changed yeah. it because I thought it was late in other times, but I'm really hoping for the best with that. And I know you well, are too. So we'll see Thank what you. happens with that. So during the year, I know you were up and down. Who were some pitchers that you really were impressed with in either level in the Yankee system or some guys you leaned on a little bit? Well, I mean, the, probably the most impressive two guys that I got to watch do their thing this year were Will Warren and Carson Coleman, um, you know, close with both of them, got close with Will this year, um, got to know Carson pretty well last year. And Carson was just totally different animal this year. I mean, you know, he, he just, it seemed like his mindset out there uh, changed and, you know, he's throwing a unicorn fastball, like an invisible fastball, you know, it's, it was just, I'm kind of at a loss for words, you know, it was just really fun to watch him go out and pretty much every opportunity in the ninth inning, like he was getting the ball and he was getting it done. Um, so that was very impressive. And then to see a guy like Will, uh, first year player, you know, breaks camp with high A, um, does his thing, you know, shortly uh, gets promoted to double A and pretty much carried on what he was doing in, you know, high A, um, really impressive stuff probably the best pregame bullpen that I've ever witnessed you know uh professionally you know because the starters would get to line up uh you know pregame what I mean actually the whole pitching staff does that so you know those those are the two standouts for me Warren was great I mean he was a first rounder he was not a first rounder he was drafted in 21 he makes his way right up like really quickly I mean that's that's definitely a good person Carson Coleman ends up closing out the championship and he was a stud all year too. So those are definitely some good guys that I'm sure you had a lot of good bullpen sessions with, and it must've been really fun just to go out there and compete with those guys on a daily basis. Oh yeah. And I'm probably leaving out one uh, during the season really got close with, uh, with Mitch, uh, his, his boys, Ken and Hayden, uh, they, uh, they got plucked from the system. So uh, we started getting, you know, closer and uh, turns out we both really enjoy guitar. So 
we were slapping the strings every chance we could. And Mitch was up, you know, in AAA. So, you know, we got close and, um, you know, another dude that's worth mention. I mean, he was, he definitely, he'll be the first to say he didn't have the best start to his season, you know, and double A just wasn't going the way he wanted it to, but he gets the jump to triple A and it's just like, is unbelievable. I mean, he's just sawing dudes off with his cutter, you know, um, a lot of punch outs, his pitches really seem to play up. So, I mean, you know, that's another guy worth mentioning. A hundred percent. I watched him too. And I know that they did like him. I remember hearing about that last year. So I want to try to talk to him too. That'd be cool. But um, it's cool. He got to go to AAA with you. So I'll go over your whole numbers and your leaderboards and stuff right now. So you were 13 and five. You have, you pitched 155 innings, like I mentioned prior, 160 K. So you're getting that 1K branding a little more, which is really solid. Your 370 RA and all that. So, and you were second with the innings, third in the wins, 13th in strikeouts. You were 20th in Ks for walks in the minor league, 48 for K for block, block, um, K for walk percentage, 39th in whip, and then 24th in balls for nine. So, your control was really good with all that stuff. I think that's the moral of the story there. And your strikeout ratio was also really good. Well, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think just kind of touch on the control thing. I thought uh, I kind of got burnt in early in the year, like uh, just laying pitches in the zone. You know, I definitely I let up way more homers than I would have liked this year. Yes. Thankfully, thankfully, for the most part, they were, you know, those solo shots, um, you know, still they suck. But um, that's probably where the control came in to help me because, you know, trying to keep guys off base. But those are like some of the moments where it's like, okay, you know, fell behind in the count. I know I need a strike. So here's the fastball or, you know, here's the, not my best, you know, strike pitch. And next thing you know, you know, your neck starts to hurt because you're turning for the ball or whatever. But, mm. um, but no, I mean, yeah, I, again, I like, it's cool to hear the numbers come up. Uh, you know, I tr I definitely try not to think about it too much. Yeah, that's what I was referring to earlier. And your dad had spoken to me about how you were giving them more homers than you wanted to. I felt like the location was probably burning you in the beginning because like you were trying to be maybe too perfect and just not walk anyone. But some, but it is good not to walk guys, obviously. But I guess you'd rather give up a walk than a home run, obviously. In most yeah. situations, I would think, unless it's a solo shot, then you might not want to. Yeah, I definitely. There's there's a few moments where I'm looking back from this season, and I'm just, I'm just like. I should have took my chances elsewhere, you know, but that, I mean, that is part of it. You know, that's, that will be a, a goal for, you know, this coming year is, you know, cut those kind of those, those big, don't let the big swing get you kind of deal. So. Right. So speaking of someone that takes big swings, I really want to hear your impressions on Anthony Volpe because you got to play with him at both levels and so yeah. you spoke with him a little bit last year. So, What's it like facing him in practice? And what's it like being his teammate and seeing what he does out there on the field? I mean, facing him in practice, I'm just, I, I know he's swinging. So I'm, I'm trying not to give him anything that he can elevate and do damage <laughs> with, you know? Um, so that, that's, that's how practice goes, but now he's, he's insanely impressive to, you know, watch do his thing and, you know, play with him. Um, you know, he's a young guy and, you know, he's, got a ton of tools he's a good dude um you know comes from a good family um so you know to have that combination and to really get it done on the field you know and be so young like it's just a lot of fun and 
you know, he's a quiet dude. You know, he's not gonna, he's not, uh, he's not someone to go ahead and you know strut his stuff or whatever. But you know, on the field, like it's it's go time. So. Yeah, that's definitely some good impressions I got from him too, and getting to interview him a little bit. I did meet his family, so that was cool. Who are some other hitters, maybe a little more under the radar, that we think people should know about in the Yankee system? Well, first guy that comes to mind is Chad Bell. Uh, he came up, we came up the same day at AAA. Um, yep, I remember. And, he, and, and, like, I'm not sure he's the guy who gets as much credit as he may deserve. I mean, seeing that we they'll put up sheets and stuff in the locker room, you know, saying who's got the best exit below or who barrels, you know, barrels the ball the most. And like Chad's, a, you know, he's up there on those lists. And, you know, then you realize like Chad just hits the ball hard. Um, you know, sometimes the guys catch it. So what, but like the dude's putting the bat on the ball and he's hitting it hard. So I think, you know, he's, he probably doesn't get the recognition he's, you know, quite deserves, but at the same time, like he keeps doing that. And like, you know, those, those hits, those, you know, balls are just going to start falling. They're going to start going over the fence, you know, you know, he showed that this year he had a great year. So, I mean, you know, he's the first one that comes to mind. That's a good one. I think he was under the radar as well. I mean, there were so many good hitters and he was just solid. He was consistent. He was playing a good first base, getting the, getting the job done. And he got to go up the triple A with you. So I guess that's someone you're attached with in a sense, because he went up with you. So yeah. I'm sure that makes it easier when you have your teammates going with you. And I know you've been there before. So it wasn't like your first trip up there. So it probably wasn't as bad of an adjustment period. Oh, you did well there last year too. So. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it was funny. Go up there. First start is against Wooster at home and you know last time I started last time I threw it was the seven inning no no and you know again I'm not you know looking like I'm not trying to open a yearbook or anything here but it was funny because that day everybody's you know in the locker room going you know watch out Wooster you know we got no hits on the mound tonight you know like <laughs> making all jokes and sure enough I go out there my first four pitches three runs I'm like holy crap you know what's going on here um, you know, definitely wasn't executing, but it was just like out of the gate. I got jumped, you know, I, I kind of figured they'd be swinging. Um, so that, that was just a fun way to start, you know, first day up in AAA. It's like, well, all right, here we go. So now I'm going to talk about peaks and valleys. So I want to see how is it when you get jumped like that, like what's going through your minds. And then I'm going to give you the, a better scenario too. Like when you strike out the side, you're rolling, you have no hits, like how big of a difference is that mindset? Yeah. Well, so I kind of touched on how I thought, uh, you know, Theo went about his, his business managing the team. And um, it's something that it was introduced to me in college and that this year I really tried to hold on to, especially as a starter, you know, you can't think about how far into the game you're going to go. You have to focus on where you're at. So the thing I'm talking about is that neutral mindset, like staying the same all the time. Um, you know, so, I get jumped first four pitches. So first pitch of the game, double, uh, third pitch of the game, two run Homer, fourth pitch of the game, uh, Homer, you know, so next thing you know, four pitches, three runs. So, you know, in that moment, like maybe some people would hit a panic button and just be like, what the heck is going on? And of course, you know, I was not in a, a good place after giving up, you know, three runs on four pitches, but I, I know that, you know what, my job is to get guys out you know, I need to just stay here. I need to focus on, you know, just executing my pitches, you know, um, and, you know, stick with it. So, you know, you can't, you can't get too low and you can't get too high. You know, I had 
a, a good game where I struck out the side two times in a row. Um, and that that's probably easier than when things are going bad, you know, yeah. to kind of bring yourself down and just stay cool. Cause it's like, you know, yeah, you could be fired up that you just did that, but you go out the next inning. And if you don't have that same, you know, kind of energy, then, you know, maybe they're going to jump you then. So you got to try to, you know, be the same for the innings to come too. So um, those good times are easier to do that than the bad times. So, but again, getting long winded here, I'm just trying to focus on being the same each pitch. Right. No, that's a good standpoint to have. It's just curious to see that make some emotions. Like you're, you're so high one time, so low sometime, but I guess it's easier to balance out the highs because when you're low, your mind probably starts spinning, but also you've probably been in situations where you had to wear one and take one for the team because it needed length a little bit. And you had to oh. like, you, you didn't want to get completely blown up, but you had to eat some innings to save the bullpen and stuff. Oh, for sure. I got a start that comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> what do you it, it was a, a Monday game in Binghamton, and I wound up giving up 10 runs in like uh, three and a Jesus. third or whatever it was. But it was like the weirdest thing. You know, I let up hard contact. I wasn't sharp, but I let up some hard contact, but I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't sharp. But it was just like, you know, ground ball bounces through the hole, you know, duck fart gets over the infield. You know, and it was just one of those games where it just it it seemed like it was, you know, the ball was just not with me that day. You know what I mean? Um, but like you said, you just kind of you got to swallow your pride. You got to realize, you know, hey, I've got pitches here and the team needs you know me to give them everything I got here kind of deal. So, you know, right. those are the ones where you just got to dig deep and just try to find a way to get out. Right. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I know you've had a good journey to make it to the majors, well, minor, to go through the minors and everything, and uh, hopefully to make it to the majors soon. So I want to speak about another book you did with your father. And last year we did Applied Technology. So this time I want to speak about the modern baseball book. So what was your experiences with that? And how did that go? So that one started off funny because like, um, going back to my college days, you know, I would throw a pitch, like I would throw my slider. And my dad's like, you know, yeah, that's a nice sinker you throw there. And I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> like wait, what you're calling this a sinker? Are you kidding? And he goes, well, look at the way it moved. And I'm just like, no, but that's a slider. And like, we just butt heads all the time on that kind of philosophy. <laughs> and then finally, you know, it started to click. It's like, you know, yeah, you can have intentions of what you want the ball to be and call it what you want it to be. But at the end of the day, if you throw something and it actually, you know, isn't moving, like, you know, there isn't, if you ask somebody about, if I asked you and then nine other people, what, how do you define a slider? I'm probably going to get 10 different, you know, definitions of a slider. So that's the first obstacle is, you know, these names of pitches, these classifications are, are just, they're not there. You know, there's a general idea of what they are and how they should look, but, the reality is that, you know, these pitches, everybody's pretty much throwing, you know, something slightly different, you know, and there's guys who throw similar stuff, but so that's the general idea is like being able to pinpoint what each movement is um, and call it that because, you know, again, you can get 10 different answers if you, if you ask what a slider is to 10 different people. So 
Well, I actually have a funny story about that, and I think you'll laugh at this one. Um, your father did tell me about a lot of those specifics, too. He wanted me to try to learn to see it so I could recognize with my eyes how the pitches move. So, But this is going to go with another pitcher named Derek Kraft, who I, I know you're obviously familiar with Kraft. Kraft oh, yeah. was because we had him on, me and my friend spoke to Kraft recently, and he said that he was facing Stanton in spring training, and Stanton was like, that's a nice sinker. And then Kraft's like, that's my fastball. I can't believe he thinks that's a sinker. So it was something similar to like what you were talking about with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and Kraft will probably be the first one to tell you, you know, like he's got a good fastball, but sometimes it cuts, sometimes it runs, sometimes it sinks, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, um, you know, but that's kind of the whole premise is like, you know, Stanton sees a sinker, whether, you know, Kraft may be like, here's my best four seam, you know, here, here, this thing's got some ride or whatever. Um, you know, that, that's, that, and that's a good point too. It's based upon more likely what the batter sees, right? You know what I mean? Cause it, my job as a pitcher is to try to disrupt the batter's timing and, and, you know, their approach. Um, and that's all dependent upon the batter's reaction. You know, I said earlier, I throw a slider in the dirt and he swings and misses at it. And then I try to throw something else. Well, maybe I overthought that because clearly the batter wasn't, where you know where he sh was supposed to be and he's swinging at a bad pitch so maybe i try to walk him a little further so yeah i guess it's all it's all about how the batter sees like batters can see balls break differently like maybe judge would think it was a fastball for instance like something like that maybe it's just how he sees out of his eye or like a lefty will view it different than a righty like depending how it breaks maybe like you never so, know like how someone's viewpoint could be no, absolutely you know um and that's, that's part of the game. You know, you can't like, we're all trying to get better and develop, but you also have to realize, you know, I'm not just going to add a pitch just because I think it would be cool to like, you know, have this pitch, you know, I need to think about how does it work with my other pitches? How does it complement them? And, you know, how will the batter view it? Will I get that reaction that I'm looking for? Right. that's a good point. Now I will speak to something when you got to face major league hitters, I know, they, they kind of had to like not extended spring training, but the extended postseason ramp up. Like I know you got to go against Matt Carpenter. So what was that like? No, yeah, that was sweet. I mean, it was it was pouring. It was like forty five degrees out. Um, you know, not to say nobody wanted to be there, but it was definitely one of those <laughs> days that you know we'd rather be inside, nice and warm, and that kind of deal. Um, <clears throat> no, that, that was cool. Uh, you know, Carpenter had that stretch in the you know in the bigs, and it was just like damn like this guy he can hit um so yeah facing him you know i i was trying not to give up a homer but um i think he was up there just kind of recognizing pitches kind of deal you know so not taking anything away from him or but you know it, it was a cool experience and face all those guys like you know those are all guys that had you know a chance to go up and maybe they had a you know time up there so it's always cool facing somebody that's got that kind of experience. So who else was in there besides Carp? Was DJ there? Was Benny there at all? Like who else was in there? No. Um, or I'm sorry, Ben Rorbit? No. Well, I guess Rorbit, you probably have faced Rorbit. I was talking about Ben and Tenny, but probably not oh, him, my, right? my bad, my bad. No, it makes uh, sense. So I understand that. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other one up there was uh, LaCastro. Okay. Um, I mean, Chaparro and uh, Bastidas were there. Um, trying to think. I faced Brantley was up there. Um, 
but yeah, you know, it, that was just one of those, you know, moments again, it was cold and rainy, you know, I'm not <laughs> sure. I think the pitcher definitely had the advantage because, you know, it was kind of miserable out there, but um, no, it was, it was fun. Yeah. So speaking with that, I know that they were potentially were, was there an outside shot you could have been called up if they needed an extra arm for something? Because I know they had you switch to a bullpen a little bit towards the end of the year. Like, I know your father was telling me that they cut your innings down towards the end of the season a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I have no idea. Um, I guess that one in Durham, I drew the double start, and um, Johnny Brito was coming off the IL. So um, he only had one inning of work. It kind of made sense to, you know, coming off the IL, like have him just do his thing, his routine and get in the game and, you know, get his pitches and get out. So, you know, and I was approached about that early in the game, you know, er earlier in the week. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's no problem. Like, you know, doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I got a job to do. So. Yeah. So speaking of the job to do in the competition, who are some guys on other teams you faced in double A or triple A that stood out that you think can make a big impact in the majors or was just really impressive to you? I'm sorry, I missed that first part. You said some guys that I faced. Yeah, like competition, like op opposite teams, like not gotcha. the, not the Yankees organization. Um, oh man. I see. I'm 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 usually I'm usually pretty bad about like picking up you know names and stuff like that <laughs> along the way. Um, let's see. Yeah, forgive me for my delay. Um, it's all right. Oh. I think so. Brett Bat Beatty, Batty. Yep, that's a huge Beatty. one. Yeah. So I mean, he he got his shot. He got hurt, didn't he? Yeah, someone, he did. Yeah. I actually got to speak to him too. I was hoping you'd say someone like that. I love that's a good answer. Yeah, like that guy. I mean, he was just on when we faced him. Um, you know, and it it showed. I mean, he got a chance to play in the big leagues. You know, unfortunately, he got dinged up. But I mean, you know, that's a solid bat. Um, let's see. Hmm. Well, I, in the meantime about Beatty, I saw him hit two home runs and two at-bats and the game got canceled. That's the only at-bats I saw and I was still right there. Like, I guess that's all I need to see. We'll see you in the majors yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's good. I'm trying to think. There was a dude from uh, the Tigers and I think he made his debut this year. Uh, no, there's Riley Green from but that probably not. That probably, probably no. like too soon. I think I think this this guy started the year in Double A. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but if it comes up, you know, I could try to think of it too while we're while we're talking about some other I topics. Say, I want to say Workman, but I don't think it's Workman. Yeah, they they had a bunch of good guys with Erie Seawolves. I know um, the Tigers had a bunch of good prospects and stuff. But no, we could just leave with Brett Beatty. I think that's a good yeah. one. You actually got to face him personally, or you just saw him from like in the series that you were playing. Um, so I, I think I played two games against him. Um, I don't remember the first game, um, but the last time I faced him, I had a good game and I think I got him twice on some, you know, pitches on the black. So that felt good. There you um, go. But no, and then he's in the show the next, you know, the next week. So yeah, it's pretty cool. They didn't waste a lot of time with him. They called, they sent him right through. So he def that's definitely a noteworthy person. I would say. So what do you think about what was the difference between the coaching and triple A and double A? Did you don't notice anything different? Like or was it similar? Like um, were your pitching coaches or manager, like anything like that? 
mean, maybe it. So I was actually a little surprised uh, going, you know, and seeing the feeling the atmosphere up there in AAA, you know, because in AA, like it was, you know, ton of high energy, you know, and you know, it was just a lot of fun, you know, really good group. And then, you know, in 21 in AAA, um, again, it was probably the time of year, you know, some people are not particularly happy with the decisions being made you know maybe they'd rather be up in the big leagues or they feel you know that way so you yes know. <laughs> like clark and ron to name not name names but name names anyway would probably those two stick out with that i would guess um what's it called you know so like you know that was kind of the environment the feel like that was it was a great group up there you know and i had a lot of fun in 21 with those guys i guess it helped i was throwing well but like you know there's a, definitely a difference in um that environment that feel in the clubhouse and then this year i went there and i kind of expected the same thing and i was completely wrong i mean it was pretty much the same kind of environment i have a ton of life in there a ton of good dudes you know it helped that that team you know that we were we were in the run up until the second to last game you know for a playoff spot um and quite frankly you know with the way that that team started you know nobody there thought or felt the nobody there thought that they would be in the position they were come the end of the season. So, you know, that probably helped with the environment, but no, I mean, the coaching staff is great up there. Um, you know, the environment was awesome, you know, so that was cool. That's like, you no, know, that's cool. Like, cause I don't really know how the AAA thing goes so much. Cause I haven't been up there yet. So I was curious how you feel things go up there. Um, I know double A's definitely got things going, but yeah, I do remember triple A started bad and they made a late push. They're like, oh, maybe playoffs because like uh, Hudson Valley was trying to make it, then they came up short. Somerset was set, so it was definitely cool to see what happened with that. Yeah, that was coming down to Durham. Um, I mean, they they wound up winning that, but when we went there, you know, I think we took four out of six, and you know, that was huge to make up ground against them at home. Um, so you know, again, that was just kind of aided to that you know good feeling to finish up the year even though we came up short you know it was just a competitive way to go out yeah for sure it's definitely you want to end the season on a high note and everything and um, there's nothing more you could hope for than to do that so when you're training in the off season and you're going towards next year what's the main thing you're focusing on right now like in the like what's your daily routine looking like so i'm I'm definitely, I feel like I'm training more overall this year, you know, like, and I've broken up uh, that into, you know, two or three times a day kind of deal, you know, know, I got to mix and work in between, but um, no, you know, I feel like I have a really good routine going in, you know, I'll I'll lift, I'll hit a, you know, about an hour of mobility and then, um, you know, go through, do my throwing stuff and, you know, my speed work. Um, So, you know, the days are full, you know, I go to bed tired, but, um, you know, it's a lot of fun feeling, you know, the kind of progress, you know, and, and understanding uh, what things have worked in the past. You know, like my first year pro ball, I took like a month or two off of everything after the season. And I think I threw I threw 15 innings in the GCL after a college season. So, like, I thought I was tired then. Um, but, you know, the, the last year and this year, I realized I really don't need as much, you know, downtime. And in fact, it's better for me to you know, keep training and, um, you know, that kind of understanding is, you know, tremendous, especially during this time of year, because, you know, right now I don't have coaches, you know, necessarily, you know, around me and and pushing, you know, and same for all, you know, guys, you know, in this off season time. So, you know, it's, 
it's important that you get your routine and you stick with it. Um, again, getting long winded, my bad, but um, no, I like this. Definitely. My goal is, you know, stick with these, this kind of plan right now. I'm feeling good and, you know, not trying to overload myself, but focus on staying fast. And in, in that thought, I'm, I'm hoping to add some velocity, you know, come spring. So, so what are you talking about? You can hit like 94, 95. If I had to guess, is that around where you get maybe 96 on a good day? Oh, I, I would love, I would love to hit a 96. No, I, I'm pretty much 90, 94. Um, That's what I figured. My, my goal is to let's bump that, you know, 92, 95. And, you know, maybe we could sneak a six, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'm definitely going to push the envelope there, of course, without sacrificing, you know, what really has me playing professional baseball, but, you know, it's all about, you know, development, you know, making it or making it so that way you can make an impact in the big leagues right so oh 100 and i was just curious because you were referencing how you wanted to get your velocity up so i was wondering what your reference point was i knew it was somewhere in that 94 to 95 area so i think i may have figured out your player too is it ryan Kreider from the tigers no that name doesn't sound familiar unfortunately that's all right we'll have to do that off the air and I'll, i'm yeah. gonna say, i'm gonna want to find that one badly uh, I'm like, I've been trying to look low key, but a lot of it's like keeps spewing out names right now. But I do remember one topic we talked about, and I think you're happy with how this progressed. So the minor leagues got unionized finally. So that must yeah. have been a good moment for you. Could you reflect on what took place with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, we touched on it, you know, uh, last time we spoke, and it was kind of more like, kind of got to be careful with what you say because you're just, you know, you're not sure yeah. how anything's going to be taken. Um, but no, it's cool to, you know, have that kind of recognition. Um, you know, it seems, you know, I'm not really sure what's to come, but I mean, this is definitely a big step. Um, so, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I guess it's, it's better that it, this is, this is the right direction is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And definitely way better than when we spoke last year too. So it's good to see the steps are going. I was curious exactly what it entailed. I guess I haven't really laid out the groundwork yet. So that's something we'll look for. But, um, no, I'm really happy that you guys are getting the unionization going on a more important note. Um, hoping that things continue to improve. Someone actually asked me today, and I'm curious what you would say about this. And I don't even know how to fully answer it. But they asked me, why do minor leaguers get paid so little? Like, I feel like it's such a tough question to answer. Like, someone's like, could you give me information on why? I'm like, I'd, like, I'd love to. No, it's just the majors could pay more, but they just, like, don't provide it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business, right? You know, so, um, you know, yeah, you could, you would hope that, you know, you can, you eventually get paid more, you know. Uh, you're signed to a seven-year deal and there's a good chance that you could be making, you know, not a lot of money for seven years, but at the same point in time, um, kind of, you could look at it, you can look at it as an incentive to get the heck out of there. You know what I mean? Like to make it to the big leagues, you know, develop and get better. Um, obviously that's not, you know, that's kind of like just being optimistic. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's tough because, who I bet you there's people I don't even need to bet I know that there's people that you know would pay to play professional baseball you know what I mean 100% regardless yeah. of the skill so you know it's tough um again things have gotten you know they've gotten better and it seems like you know they'll continue to get better so 
um, you know, maybe one day it'll, that won't be a question. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I just think there's, there's factors that, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't like, you don't like the current situation. Well, you don't have to be here. You know what I mean? Like this is an opportunity. So it's true. And I think it's just in general, even like the teams with the employees, I feel like they don't make that much either. Like if they, if they want to hire certain employees, I feel like it's an issue, like not just players, but almost like unless yeah. the higher ups, the higher ups get their money, obviously with anything like that's not going to change. But I think if I had to guess, it's almost like there's a lot of players and there's too many rounds to allocate like equal money to everyone, I guess. Like it's just like a lot, the draft is pretty big. I know they've shrunk in it, but um, it's just a, it is a tough, it's an interesting thing. I figured it'd be an interesting topic, talking point for tonight, too. Yeah. Well, you think about other sports, um, you know, I don't know numbers wise, but, um, you know, NFL, I, I would assume there's just way less players per team kind of deal, you know, yeah. same NBA, NHL, yeah, the systems. It's a good point. Um, you know, part I've kind of thought about it a little bit, whereas, like, you know, I, ba- I think baseball is you know like it's skills based you know like you can players come in all shapes and sizes kind of deal and i'm not saying other sports you know you don't have you know skill as a factor obviously it is but you know maybe for example like football you know you could be more physical and and outperform somebody to some degree um definitely gained a lot of respect for football because i've realized how much there is actually going on in terms of like you know, plays and recognizing that, you know, I never played football organized. So like, you know, to see that kind of thing, I was like, okay, that's pretty intense. But like baseball, you it's clear, like uh, who's the catcher for the Blue Jays? Like it's, uh, Alejandro Kirk or uh, Danny right. Jansen. Right. You see, you see Kirk and you have Stanton or judge stand next to each other, but guess what? They're both all stars in the big leagues, you know? Yeah. So like, it just proves that, you know, in, in my mind that, this is a skill-based sport and yeah, it takes time to develop those kinds of things. So you kind of need those extensive uh, systems because again, it's a, it's a long process. So right. I mean, that's part of my guess to the pay thing too. That's a good point. I think, I think that's a good way to look at it because baseball, you have hundreds of players on a team. Technically, if you go through every level of the organization, football, there's not even the minor leagues, basketball, there's like maybe 20, 25 people be factor in their G league team or something like that. Hockey's minors aren't really that probably either, I don't think. So, like, yeah, it's a lot different. And, yeah, baseball, like you said, it takes more time for someone to break through. Like, in those other sports, when you get drafted, you're playing right away the big role sometimes. Like, you don't have a minor. You're going right in there. Baseball, yeah. no one's going straight in. Even even the studs, they, it takes them a few months. And, like, there's been a few cases, but it's very rare that that happens. You can count those people on, like, one or two hands probably. Yeah. That like, takes less Russia, than a year even. Russia. Rushman made it up and like, you know, seeing him play in college, you're just like, damn, this guy's good. And what did it take him? Two years, two and a half years. And he's still one of the best still. And it still took him two, two and a half years. That's, and he, when you look at Anthony, it's taking him three plus, And I know he's still really good too. And we're looking forward to see what he can do. But, and then you sign the kids in the Spanish countries, it takes them a few years too, even when that's like 16 or 19, like Dominguez and all that. But like, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting. For sure. It's a, definitely something you can look to see, like how that's going to grow and evolve. But I think it's really unique how baseball has like all those different players and systems and just like all the trials and tribulations. Like it's such a game of failure sometimes too, and you have to be able to overcome it. Oh yeah, that's the that's the kind of stuff that you know really beats on you because uh, it's it's a long year and 
like you said, it's a game of failure. So you go through a long year of failing, you know, most of the time that can be tough, you know, yeah. that's why you've got things like, you know, the mental conditioning department, you know, with the team and, you know, like quite frankly, you know, they make a bigger impact than, you know, you, people might think, um, you know, some players, you know, could care less about it, but, you know, there's a couple of people that probably do, you know, hold on to that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's funny, like talking to, you know, like my in-laws and, you know, like other people, you know, um, you know, outside of the organization, you're like, yeah, we have a mental conditioning coach. And they're like, excuse me, you have what, you know, what is that? And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's part of it. Yeah, it's a good point. So I'm going to ask you an, an interesting question about catchers and stuff. So what was it like throwing to Austin Wells? Was that a good experience? Like how did you, and what did you think of his hitting too? Yeah, he came out swinging it this year. Uh, unreal. Um, I played with him in 21 and love Austin. I mean, he's a ton of energy. He's a good dude. You know, and I, I like the way he calls the game. Um, but in 21, he had, he had a few things to work on behind the plate. You know, we'll just say that. But then this year, um, when he got called up, you know, I hadn't played with him in a while. So I was, I was unsure. And he 100% proved me wrong, you know, so. If he listens to this, he's probably going to give me crap, but, you know, hold on. <laughs> you know, it's it super impressive because he was having a hell of a year with the bat, and I thought he looked really good behind the plate. So, Yeah, no, I was really um, – I like what I saw, too. I think he's getting much better as well, and his bat is one of the better bats in the system, and he's a fourth-ranked prospect. So that kind of speaks for itself at this point, and the catching's starting to come along. And I just wanted to know what it was like to actually throw the woman from a pitching perspective. Cause I didn't really ask anyone that. So I was happy to hear that from you. Yeah. It was, it was definitely cool to see him make progress like that. So, yeah, we'll see if he gets up to triple a next year, maybe the start of the season or something. And someone I'm curious about too. I don't know how much interaction you've had with them because you've never actually played in the same level. So I don't think actually maybe for a second last year, I don't know though. Jason Dominguez, have you got, what are your, you have any impressions of him? Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if we've – I don't think we've played together, you know, on an active roster. Uh, played with him in spring training and stuff. Um, yeah, he's he's legit. I mean, he's quiet, you know. He's, he's definitely – I think he's doing the right things, you know. Like, it can be tough, you know, when you get all these comparisons thrown at you and you're so young, you know, and, and you are a good player, you know. It's like to try to live up to those – comparisons like I think early on when he signed they're like yeah he's Mike Trout he's Mickey Mantle you know what I mean like like that's awesome to get that kind of praise but at the same time it's like you know whoa you know that that's, that's some that's some company right there so I think he handles that really well and you know, I think he showed that you know he's a he's a quality player you know and he just keeps doing what he's doing he's he's gonna be good yeah, no, I'm just like, I'm just, I just love to hear your perspective on these guys and everything else. So two pitchers I'll ask you about. You mentioned Brito before and someone else I really yeah. like is Randy Vasquez. What are your thoughts on those two? Brito, my brother. That's, that's kind of, that's how we go about it. No, he's, he's my, he's a good dude. Um, been with him, I guess, since 21. And uh, side note, I think he probably, he's probably better friends with my dog than, he is with me, no, but no, he, he's just awesome, dude. Um, I didn't realize he threw as hard as he did. I mean, unless he made an incredible jump uh, from last year to this year, I mean, just very impressive, you know, good dude. Um, 
you know, always enjoy spending time with him. He can cook too. Really good cook. <laughs> um, and gotta love Randy. I mean, Randy's a big jokester, you know, like he's, he's always having fun. He's, you know, you could be a punk at times, but like a good punk, you know, like <laughs> not like you don't like him kind of deal. Like you, you gotta love Randy. And uh, no, he, he's awesome. He's electric. I mean, he just goes up there and slings it, you know, like it, it's fun to watch. Um, he had his struggles this year, but he, he ended on a pretty good game, I think. Right? I would say so. We all got to see a, a spinner from him. Yeah. I, I really wanted to get denied. I know they want to protect his arm, but he would have finished yeah. it, I think. I think everyone wanted to get denied. Uh, and he could have rested all season in theory. But um, it, it was a great performance. Like That was what a, what a, stu- what a way to go out age strong and not giving up a yep. hit in a game like that. Just That's impressive. Yeah, no, that was, that was a perfect way to end it for sure. Yeah, someone else to want to ask you about. I think you'll have some fun things to say, and I think we have a good sense. He's a character. What are your thoughts on Elijah Dunham? Oh man, big cheese. Uh, I'll leave that one up to the you know to the to the mind to figure out why we call him cheese. But um, no, he, he's he's a good dude. Very passionate, very intense, as you might have seen. You know, watching mm-hmm. games like you know, like he gets fired up. So I mean, you don't want to get in that guy's way. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he's blowing through the dugout kind of thing, but um, no, he's, he's a good dude, you know, hits the crap out of the ball. He plays the game hard. Like, you know, he doesn't take a pitch off and, you know, you might ask him be like, dude, like, can you just like take it, you know, tone it down a touch. But at the same time, you're like, man, like if he tones it down anything, like, you know, you're worried you might not get the same, you know, kind of productive player. So, I mean, um, that's probably something that, you know, uh, he'll he'll be working on, but I mean, no, I mean, awesome guy to watch do his thing. No, I did get that sense too. And I even asked him, he he laughed when I asked if he was like Paul Neo. He's like, yeah, it's a good person to compare me to. <laughs> he was, he got a good chuckle out of that one. Yeah. He's like, I love playing with that fire, that energy. He mentioned at the beginning of the year and he showed it all the way through. I feel like his energy was probably infectious in that clubhouse too. Well, again, you know, being the same, you know, like that neutral mindset, like, you know, maybe neutral mindset's a little bit different, but the thing that I like to, uh, like, like live by is being the same. So like a guy like Elijah, like he probably idles at, you know, a nine or a 10 out of 10, you know what I mean? You know, I might consider myself idling a little lower, but like, you know, so like I kind of touched on, like, if he was to change that, like, you know, that's just not him. He needs to play <laughs> with that kind of fire. And it's fun to watch because it's genuine. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. fake. Yeah, you know, it's definitely not fake. I can tell you it's authentic. Something else I want to ask you about, back to Somerset when you were kind of throwing in the alternate site deal. Monty Peralta was with you, right? Yeah. Yep. He, I got to see him throw. Uh, I guess he, he threw first that day that we were there. Um, he, It was hysterical. We were all getting loose. You know, weather is bad, so we're kind of getting – but moved around we're not sure like timing was just a mess and Wandy you know strolls in and I think he was ready he was ready to throw in like 15 minutes from like from walking in the locker room to out on the mound like it was it was just like one of those things like wow that dude got ready quick you know 15 minutes is is an exaggeration but you know um yeah and he, he was friendly you know came right up you know said hey hey to him you know he did his thing he's joking around you know having fun so 
that's cool to see, especially coming back up. And, you know, he knew that he was going to play a role in, a, you know, a playoff team, you know, so. I think a role is underdefining it. The guy was pitching sure, every sure, day. Sure, sure. The, guy, the guy was pitching every day. And, like, I think the 15-minute thing was more like five minutes in the playoffs. They're like, up, get up today, get up today, get up today. Like, I think he pitched, like, every game at one or two of them probably. Like, it was ridiculous to see. And, I mean, yeah, that, that's just – more power to him to be able to do that and, you know, have success with it. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. Now, I wanted to go towards, um, I had a topic in my mind. I was trying to fuck now. Now I was in my trade of thought. I had a good way, I had a good way towards, oh, okay, I have our segue now. So I know you're doing some teaching and some substituting and you're doing some pitching classes too. So as, um, how do you have you enjoyed that? Is that just a way to keep yourself busy? I know you need probably for some income too, obviously, but is it rewarding at all? Oh, for sure. Um, no, I mean, I definitely started doing that because it's like, hey, I need a job during the off season. You know, I got bills to pay. You know, I didn't get a I didn't get a fat signing bonus, so like, you know, and that's okay. I'm not knocking. Like, it's just you know something you got to do, right? You know, everybody's got their stuff that they got to do. So, you know, uh, I I wound up. Uh, just kind of hearing about subbing by chance it's like that would work pretty good with like you know um what's it called that would work really good with the scheduling of you know hey i gotta take off a day like you know i can't necessarily commit to a job where i you know they give me a schedule so it was a nice way to plug and pull and figure that out and i actually wound up uh the middle school right down the road from me um i got in with the PE department and I mean, really hit it off with those coaches. Like, you know, they're awesome. They love, you know, they love having me around. I love being there. Um, you know, the kids are great. You know, some kids are paying the butt. I'll tell you that, you know, you got to <laughs> learn to navigate that kind of stuff. It's middle school, but um, no, yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun, you know, and you get some, you hear some crazy things from kids, man. Um, you know, and then of course the cat gets out of the bag, you know, that I play minor league baseball and they all come up and they're like, are you famous? Are you rich? And it's just like, all right, take it easy, kid. You know, give me a couple feet here. So, yeah, it's just it's a crazy thing, but that's cool that you get to do that. And I'm sure it's it's fun, has its pros and cons. I'm sure. And I definitely I didn't touch on like the rewarding side. Like it is cool to you know see that you you can kind of influence kids, you know, to some degree, you know, and you know see that they they have an interest, you know, maybe you know it's nicer to get an interest from a kid that actually like cares about baseball. And then, you know, they'll come in the next day and be like, Hey, I looked you up. Like, that was so cool. You know, and it's so cool to, you know, meet you kind of deal. And, you know, some kids are just kids and they say crazy things and you're like, all right, you know, go away. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, like you mentioned, yeah. Working with, you know, a couple of kids doing lessons, you know, um, main goal with that is just, you know, I genuinely want to genuinely want to help these kids. Like, you know, I've seen, you know, young kids get taken advantage of, you know, on the baseball field where, you know, their coach is asking them to throw a hundred pitches every two days or whatever it is, you know? So like, you know, I'm just trying to give them what they can to like, Hey, like, this is how you should take care of yourself. You know, like you have, you have bigger fish to fry down the road. So like, let's make sure that you get there in one piece kind of deal. Yeah, that's the one thing that you seem to have pretty down pack your routine and taking care of your body and stuff and your stamina's been good and now you added a bunch of innings this year. So that's definitely something and you're definitely someone people should listen to for that. Well, hey, appreciate that. Thank you. So have you picked up any new fun off season hobbies? Um 
oh, I've had my fair share of house projects, of course. Um, no, not not that I could think of. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time. I converted my garage to like a home gym, you know, and that's my dojo. You know, I, I really enjoy that. But um, no, I'm sticking with it. I mean, I got guitar behind me. You know, I try to fish when I can. Um, you know, last year I started hunting. So um, yeah, a little bit of everything. All right, we're picking up some new stuff here and we're adding to what we did, what we learned last year. So we're adding a little bit more to it. So I'm going to end with this and that we'll be getting towards the end. Obviously, we've had a nice little discussion here. So when you walk into spring training, how crazy is that? Like going in there with all the top prospects, so do they just assign people to fields? Like to just go based on your skill level? Like I see so many different fields. Like I was there covering it. Like I see this field, that field. Like it's just a lot. Like we can only see like a certain two, like. What goes into all that madness? Is it just like a yeah. zoo out there? Um, pretty much. It's professional baseball. I think I've said it before. Is like 100% the world of knowing that you know nothing like about what's <laughs> going on. And you'll prob- you probably won't know anything until, you know, yesterday kind of deal. Like, or maybe that doesn't make sense. Anyway. Uh, I think I get I- it. I'm just trying to paint the picture. <laughs> that it's-, it's just all up in the air pretty much all the time. Um, and then in spring training, you know, like, uh, they definitely like they have the main locker room and then they've got like a, a slightly smaller locker room and they'll kind of divide players up, but you know, um, nobody really thinks a whole lot into that. And then they tell you like when they put you in groups and stuff on the boards, you know, for like, you know, which, which pitching group you're in or which hitting group you're in, they're like, yeah, those groups don't mean anything. You know, they're no indication of anything. And, you know, most of the time they seem to be pretty accurate, you know what I mean? But like <laughs> there, there are situations where, you know, like it just doesn't work out. Like, you know, I was working with the triple A coach and, you know, triple A players last year. And, you know, then they're like, yeah, you're starting the year double A. You know, it's like, okay. But like, you know, if you, if you sat there and said, yeah, I'm going to triple A cause I'm in the triple A group, you know, you get smacked in the face come, you know, first day. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, that could be tricky. So you definitely, Try not to pay mind to that. Just go in there, do your work, do it right, you know, and because at the end of the day, you're just trying to get better. Yeah, no, it's just, it just seems like that. Like I kind of, I could kind of pick up some tendencies. Like you guys were pitching together. Like it was like, really cool because ones that you pitch, Hayden pitch, and then Ken pitch, I think it was back to back to back days. I'm like, oh, wow, this is dope. I interviewed all of them. I get to see them each day. I'm like this is like, that's like they said this up for me. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> but of course, I mean, it's just, it's a world of knowing nothing like, you know, things change quickly. So. Yeah, definitely. So one thing about spring training, I'll ask, what's the gas station? Like, is it cool in there? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think it's four, maybe five mounds, like, you know, in a, in a big pitching tunnel. Uh, then they got two more towards the front entrance, you know, the closest to, uh, I guess that center area uh, for plyos and stuff. And no, it's a, you know, it's a pitcher's, paradise in terms of you know having all the the gadgets to you know see what you're doing you know they got track man running they got edger i hope i'm not giving away anything you know important because i'll get a phone call tomorrow or something but uh i don't think these are any secrets you know like it's just a really <laughs> cool place to go go every day you know call that work for spring training and uh you know it's geared towards development so yeah that's a great setup no, that, I'm, I'm, I was always curious. I'm going to cut that with a party. Yeah, they don't, they don't let you in there? 
No, you know? I can't get in there. No, <laughs> I don't want anyone in there. I don't think so. I, I just, but I'm probably do a small part of that, and then we'll see. I'll see how I want to see give people some light to the gas station. I don't think you won't get in trouble though. I'll take out that part that you said about giving away any secrets. I'll make it like a twenty or thirty second thing. Um, right. but no, they don't let us in there. I don't think I, I don't know if any of the report other reporters have been in there either. Gotcha. So it's it's been yeah. like a mythical thing for us. And then in the in the main building, like with the weight room and everything, like they've got some performance science lab stuff there. That's all I'm going to say. All right. You know, not give anything away. That, <laughs> no, but it's just a really cool setup. You know, like it's, it's the, the progress that's been made, you know, since I signed, it's like, dang, this, this thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So like, that's you know, so it's, it's fun to have all those different things that, you know, at our disposal, because you could pretty much roll through there and say, you know, Hey, I'd like to use this and all right, let's set it up. So. Well, I actually did get to see the gym one time. I not not the gas station, but I saw the gym a few years back, so that was cool. But um, Sean, thank you so much. Um, this is awesome as always. Uh, of course. 